0: Hello and welcome to episode 66 of the Podding Shed And so the 2014-15 season has drawn to a close And us poor addictive folk are condemned to several weeks with no meaningful football to concern ourselves with But we do have some wonderful memories to compass us through the summer months until the boys in blue return Jose and the boys ended comfortably on top of the pile Some eight points clear of Manchester City to lift our fifth top flight title in the club's history At a league cup and we finished with a nice little double in Jose's second season so, how was it for you? To round the season off and our final episode before the summer break, we're going to talk about the good, the bad and the ugly, what we like, what we didn't and what we're hoping for next season and many other things in between. Joining me, Derek Kaiser or Johnny as I'm otherwise known, to ponder the season and everything in between, are Dr. Blue Bayou who is Donald. Good evening. <coughs> Rosa Jack who is Tony. Good evening. Uh, Mark is currently attending the recording of the inferior panel show called Sorry I Haven't Got a Clue. Uh, we'll be back with the plentiful supply of weak gags in time for pre-season training. Um, And if anyone wishes to pay tribute to the late great Humphrey Littleton by chucking in a few dubious double entendres during the show, do be my guest. Um, We are also delighted to welcome the authors of a very fine book uh, named Overland and Sea, Chelsea FC and the Great War, which is about the club, its players and its fans um, and the role they played during the conflict. Uh, They are both true blues um, good mates with many years of suffering under their belts. Uh, A very warm podding shed welcome to Alex Churchill and Andrew Holmes. Hello. Evening. Evening. Um, We'll be talking about the book a little later on. Um, But first, we're going to pile into... um The season itself, Um, a Chelsea league and cup double followed by FIFA imploding and Liverpool allowing Brendan Rodgers to stay and spend money. Um, If (laughs) if Carlsberg did football seasons, you couldn't get much better. Um, We led from gun to tape and frankly, bar the odd loss away from home, we really didn't look troubled at any point at all. Um, A textbook Mourinho second season with a fair amount of enjoyable football thrown in for good measure. Um, Tone, kick us off, you must be fairly happy.
1: I'm very happy, and um, I've got to tell you now, Johnny, I listened mm. to the equivalent podding shed from last year. Oh, you... you harbingers of doom, you. That's all <laughs> I can say. Okay. That's what we're meant to do. Yes, I know, fair. but you really, I, the, the, I, I wish I'd made a list of all the, the predictions that were wildly inaccurate from, actually, frankly, all four of us, Okay, <laughs> um, not least of all, Donald's fine, it will be so bloody. Mu- it will be so much tougher next season than it was this season. <laughs> ah, well done. Hit the nail right on the head there. Um, it's been. Brilliant. What is doom if you can't harbinge? <laughs> <laughs> That's my view. Absolutely. Am <laughs> no um, uh, having a bit of doom I, around? I urge you to go back and listen to our end of season podcast. <laughs> I was roaring with laughter in the car, thinking. What the hell do we know? <laughs> this I'm,
0: to be honest, I'm astonished you listen to this nonsense after the event. Oh, so
1: alive, I'm going down to the south of France on a TGV on the 26th of uh, June, mate, and I will be listening to this back-to-back, and no be doubt well it's very, very odd looks from some French people, and I say, it's all right, I'm laughing at myself. <laughs> it's, like
2: getting, it's like getting back into your cold, soapy bathwater, isn't it, it is. So several days later? It is. So oh, I, yeah. I, I, I
1: view it very much like an exam, you know, uh, two minutes after we've recorded this... Um... This fantastic tribute to Chelsea Football Club, I can't remember, bugger all about it. I might go back in, my missus and say to me, what did you discuss tonight? i go, uh, um, oh, I do like <laughs> <it>. stuff, <laughs> stuff and nonsense, I'll say. Anyway, back to the question, which I think was along the lines of um, whether or not I was happy or I am happy. Um, mm. Yeah, deliriously so. Um, I think it's been too, I've said it before, it's been too long. Um, now, I would always put the Premier League in front of the Champions League um, On the basis that you want those local bragging rights and everybody you meet through the course of the summer, the close season, um, unless they're a Chelsea fan, you're going to be laughing loud and long at them Um, Mm. and and not sympathising, not in the slightest bit with any single one of them and their rubbish excuses as to why their team didn't quite do what we did. So I'm loving every minute of it. I thought the season was, um, I'll be honest... Uh, I don't think, I thought we would go from gun to tape. I think my prediction for this season um, was actually second. I thought I did think we'd finish behind Manchester City. I wasn't, um, I don't think any of us foresaw that that kind of, it wasn't a spectacular implosion, but this kind of Mancini-like second uh, attempt from Pellegrino. Um, and I'm calling in Pellegrino <laughs> deliberately there, by the way. Um, in, in, Notice uh, As a homage to Jose Mourinho, who seems to delight in going out of his way to annoy the bloke. <laughs> um, so yeah very good season I think it's been it's been good on all, all, all sides of it and I think it, um, uh, it, you know I'm trying to actually instill into my daughter who, my youngest daughter who's at university I'm trying to instill into a Mourinho-esque attitude to uh, exams and tests and assignments you know and I've said to her you need to take each one as it comes you need to look at you know whether or not it's something you enjoy whatever I said in, you know if it's something you really just need to basically just get a bare part in then you need to look at what Mourinho did against Manchester United. Who gives a crap about how we played? At the end of the day, Louis van Gaal can squawk all he likes about being the better team. Only one team walked away with three points. And is anybody going to look back and go, yeah, but blimey, Chelsea, you went half dull. No, they're not. Exactly. So it's been fantastic. We've had, we've had, like you said, we've had fair lashings of fantastic football. And when we needed to be pragmatic and um, cynical and uh, tough, um, we we were. And I think that's, every every top team, I think, has to have a degree of that. You know, and I, th- I actually yeah, about it, I think about I reckon we would have given Barca a bigger game than Juve did on, on, on Saturday. I really do. On the basis that we wouldn't have tried to pass our way through them, because that's, that's not what, what we do. Mm. You know? You're not going to do it. Yeah, um, so absolutely. Yeah, am, am I happy? I'm chuffed to bits. And I've got a summer of, um, three at least, a week when I go in June, but another three or so weeks in, 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 in August where I will be, you know, in a bedrock of Manchester United, Manchester City, Liverpool, Arsenal and Spurs fans. You know, it's, it's going to be joyous, isn't it? <laughs>
0: yeah. Royally taking the piss. <laughs> um, excellent. Thank you. Um, Alex, you've, um, you've travelled from one end of the country to the other and seen um, the good, the bad and the ugly. Um, yeah. Your thoughts on the season?
3: Um, to be honest, I I don't know why you take anything Van Hal says seriously. I can't even look at the man looks like a 5-year-old molded his face out of plasticine <laughs> without using it. It <laughs> disturbs me if I'm honest. But yeah, he this is 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 strange thing he doesn't have, didn't have a world-class striker when he had what was it Van Persie, Rooney and Falcao on his books. Um, um I think he's probably quite concerned about doing better next season. But no, I I think the last month and a half of the season, um, everywhere we went, it was just sheer terror, to be honest. Please don't mess this up, Chelsea. Please don't screw it up now, because I will never live this down with anyone I know if we don't win from here, ever.
0: There's always, yeah, it's... I think it's a very Chelsea thing, Um, and I'm sure other clubs have it to a certain degree, but I always kind of hark back to the the sort of, you know, the kind of mocking and and superiority. I remember Arsenal playing Wigan in a a League Cup semi (laughs) a few (laughs) years back. And I think it was, I can't remember what the score was, but basically Wigan needed one goal. And that was it. But Arsenal were, were on top. They were passing around. There was lots of... There were 40,000 Muppets going, Olay, ole, ole, ole," And I just thought, it, it just doesn't happen at Chelsea. We'd all be sitting there, biting our nails, shitting ourselves, going, please don't screw this up.
3: And did Cause... you find yourself all this season going into the office and people saying, you are, well, you're just you're going to win it easy, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, like,
1: yeah. oh absolutely. And we're all yeah.
3: sitting there at every game going, please don't bugger this up. Please don't bugger this up. Knowing full yeah. well we're totally capable of losing to QPR or Burnley or some other dross that everyone has written us off to win 5-0. So, yeah, I don't think that ever happens with Chelsea fans. I mean, the guy sitting next to me here is the biggest pessimist ever. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Before we played Spurs in the cup final, he was like, well, I've already written it off that we've lost 3-0, and I've already grieved for it and moved on. <laughs> yeah,
1: but because I did that, we won, you see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, the, Andrew, I am 100% this. with you there.
4: <laughs> but also I mean it didn't feel you know when when we actually won it and then you looked at the stats and we've been top pretty much since the first day and we'd lost two games by that point which mm. It didn't feel like that type of a season. It didn't feel that
3: easy, did it? No, I mean,
4: mean, like most right-thinking Chelsea fans, a lot of us were starting to panic at the end of March, thinking, shit, we're going to fuck this up, and Arsenal are going to end up winning it.
3: (laughs) I'd written the season off uh, when we lost to Spurs, and we came stomping out of there and sulked off and tried to avoid them all.
2: Um, Uh, On paper, it was a a tough running. We had to play Liverpool, Arsenal, United. You know, they're all... They're all games that could easily have gone the other way, you know, and gone. It's, um... And what people are forgetting is when they were telling us, relax, you've won it, is that they might have said that to us, you know, a couple of minutes before half time when we were 2 <laughs> up against Bradford in the Cup. you so, know what? Uh,
3: I did have one true. Arsenal fan say to me in the office, We're coming for you. All the other Arsenal fans yeah. I knew were sensible enough to keep their mouths shut, but one of yeah. them I'm <laughs> coming for you. And I thought, yeah, just come back and see me in a month's time.
4: It's, um, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe he wasn't talking about football, and he needs a lesson about what's acceptable in the workplace.
0: Like. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> there's a whole HR seminar right there. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's uh, we we touched upon this before, but the kind of the, the, the whole narrative about it. I, I actually think I don't think we were pushed in any. You know, I, I think we made our own own problems every now and again, but we weren't pushed really hard. Um, by any of the you know the, the supposed challenges and and I go back to i think we, we mentioned this possibly on the last episode or one before after the that thing at new year 's day that we don 't really refer to we were level on points of city, and I think the the, the last goal that j t got basically kept us on top by goal difference It we was were that top
3: on alphabetical order weren 't uh, we it alphabetical it's alphabetical it's, I think, yeah I, it
1: was alphabetical order only.
0: I think yeah, we would. It was literally saved by by JT getting that goal, and that kept us yeah. Yeah. on top. But
1: then they, <laughs> they were coming out of that, and they were
3: running around North London screaming about how they'd done us. And I think they did their like obligatory DVD of it and everything.
0: Oh, yeah, but it was a Six
3: five. It really could, it was that chaotic. <laughs> it was nonsense from start to finish. And actually, they they think they did us proper, but actually, I think we were both. Pretty awful. It could have ended up like it,
0: either way six five. Exactly. But it was the sort it was the sort of game of football that Mourinho has kittens about. It's yeah. you know, really not not his kind of thing. But we were level on points and after, you know, New Year was when we were supposed supposed to have struggled and you know it was all a bit up and down and so on. And the last sort of really kind of memorable game of football I think we had was the Swansea away game where we tonked them five nil. Mm. And after that it was a bit up and down and a bit rocky but for for all the, the the struggling in inverted commas, we ended up eight points clear at the end. We were we were ten points clear at one point. It's 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 not a struggle, <laughs> you know. That's I, I think that's the, the narrative was was that you know we would sort of hit a bit of a blip, and you know we we weren't quite as imperious as we were in the first half of the season, but we were by no means dragging ourselves over the line by our fingernails.
1: No, and I think, but well, if you, well, I'd, well, I'd only well, say from the perspective well, of the team mm.
0: um,
1: that the, the, the fans are the only ones that are looking over their shoulder. I don't think the players were.
0: No, I think you're right. Sorry, Alex. You, no, I, I was just
3: saying, we didn't drag ourselves over by our fingernails, yeah. but we were, however, apparently massively boring in winning
0: yeah, a yeah. double this season. Well, that's the thing. I think, I think the, the boredom came because no one gave us a fight. It yeah, this Marino is it? there was no yeah, there was there was Yeah, no didn't no say
3: that, didn't he? Yeah. He said play, no if you say we're boring, blame Arsenal, blame Manchester United, yeah. blame Manchester City, blame Liverpool for not pushing us. Exactly.
4: I, I, I don't know I don't know if it's my but sort of selective memory playing tricks, but this one felt a lot harder than the one under Ancelotti and under Jose's two previous ones. Yeah.
2: Uh, and, and, and yeah, and yeah, I think I think from memory, Ancelotti's was a damn sight closer. What, what happened time,
1: last game? Yeah, because we uh, didn't win it
3: till we had done it at United, hadn't we? When Job was scored that offside goal, and that was only yes. a couple of from the end yeah. of the
2: season. And 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 the Ancelotti thing was that in those last six eight games plus the cup, they they started to sort of beat people four five six nil, or you know, mm. they they, they really hit that sort of explode. streak. Uh, but. In actual fact, it, it, was, uh, it, it was a it was a closer run thing. Um,
0: it's funny yeah, I thought, I to, to I quote can't... the
2: Duke of Wellington. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> as I as I,
2: I'm to do, as it you want won't to do on occasion. <laughs> yes, um,
0: hmm. I can't. To be honest, I can't remember. I remember we had a a real dip around Christmas, and it yeah. it, it sort of it faltered, and I can't remember. <clears> but it, it sort of it's one of the reasons why I loved Ancelotti as a manager, yeah. and I, I thought getting shot of him was was nuts at the time Mm. was because he was very much like Mourinho in the sense that he found himself in a position It just kept plugging away I don't think we were particularly fancied I think we were always in with a bit of a shout but he just found himself needed to go to United and get a win there and it was it was on Mm. and he did the job it's exactly I think it's I can't remember it's who's the old golfer who who has the quote about luck it's you know Leeds-Reno yeah, it's, the more I practice, the luckier I get. It's just about, you know, the opportunity presenting itself. Mourinho is a, a classic example of that. <laughs> the opportunity is there and you, you pick it up and take it. Go, you go right back to when um, Porto beat United at Old Trafford. Just took the opportunity, on he went, and, and the rest is history. Um,
3: Can I just say as well that that jog the goal. I was in line with that at Old Trafford and it absolutely was offside.
0: Excellent. <laughs> See, that's why it's Brilliant. always good.
3: My only two memories of that game are, one, that I thought, he's offside. And two, that when it went in, someone grabbed my ass, and I don't know who that man was. <laughs>
0: See, everyday sexism. Yeah, but I Outrageous. had a hand
3: on my ass for several days afterwards. It's
0: probably a bit more than a grab, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that's,
4: yeah. that's uh, it's I the
0: think. kind of thing you could have a word with the constable about. I would say <laughs> yeah. legally,
4: legally, that's
2: that as a wound, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds that sounds like a pit bull or something clamped on for well, several I mean, minutes to, or something.
3: To applaud whoever it was for their ingenuity, though, because they saw an opportunity and it's, they
0: took it's, it. It's exactly it's it's exactly the thing, isn't it? You know, not one we we would condone in any way, but um, it's it is indeed. But
3: t- no, part of me thinks. Good man.
2: <laughs> well, done. <Okay. laughs> well done. I'd say, I'd say to, to have that sort of grip, we're looking at someone yeah. artisanal, some, a tradesperson, a person who makes <laughs> a livings, yeah. you know.
3: Do you think he planned it in advance, you know? or do you think it was
1: just a spur of the moment?
2: I think he put his chisel down.
0: Oh, no, it's, opportun- <laughs> well,
1: it's opportunistic, isn't it? It's that, you know... Um, I, you know, I might as well be hung for a sheep as for a lamb here. Yeah? That's that's the. <laughs> <laughs> well, of me
3: kind of wishes he'd missed me and got my friend, male friend, next to me by accident, so we could have seen how that played out.
0: I know it could have been. I
2: mean, the man is a cad, a, a cad and a bounder, yes, and I mean, you know was, that's that's you know we we have to say without that without
1: trying but... to um to to, to, to to you know um undermine um your ass. He may well have been aiming for the man. That you were with, but he may have had a touch of the Tories about him. It wouldn't surprise me, because
3: he's <laughs> probably got a nicer ask than I, if i
0: honest. <laughs> touch of the Torres. Any, 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 any miss, it's always a touch of the Torres. <laughs> yes. um, yeah. So, um, so yeah, I think, um, I think broadly we can be, um, we can be very happy before we, we'll, we need to talk about other competitions, because obviously there's one really good bit, and then the other two, it, it's not, not, not so smart. Um, League Cup, I mean, obviously, we will be coming on to our favourite moments of the season, and I'm pretty sure, and we're not going to talk about winning the title as a favourite moment, because that's kind of a given, but I think everyone's next favourite moment will be um, will be the obvious. Um, FA Cup and Champions League,
3: mm. Can I just make an argument in favour of letting Arsenal win the FA Cup every year? Go and on. that is to let Jack Wiltshire made a total himself <laughs> for the
1: after-party uh, annually is quite
0: amusing. It's a good point. Yeah, no, I think that's, uh, I think I, that's I, I, reason I, enough.
1: I want to defend him because what he said was right. I mean, I don't, I fundamentally, mean, no, was you know. Obviously, was,
0: absolutely, you know. absolutely, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> spot on. It's yeah. the first time I've actually really agreed with him or, or, or had any kind of respect for him in any yeah. way, shape or form. I, you know, but, I think uh,
3: actually Martin Samuel said... That oh we should credit him he's just like one of the fans but is that not the problem that he's getting pissed and <laughs> oh. being abusive about Tottenham as yeah. opposed to being a professional footballer?
2: But Andrew Flint, <laughs> Andrew Flintoff has you know won a place in the heart of the nation by so you know get, having a few cans heading out into the uh, South China Sea or somewhere on a pedalo <laughs> you know when he was in Australia and. My- and fall, practically falling about on the the parade around <laughs> Trafalgar Square, and everyone loves him. So yeah, I think yeah. you know. I
0: have to say my absolute favourite point of or the anecd- the anecdote to end all anecdotes of his 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 one man rampage after the Ashes win was <laughs> somewhat. I can't remember who it was, but you know it, it might have been both of them or someone like that saw him. You know, thirty six hours later, as he was leaving to go to Downing Street or whatever it was, and said to him all right, Fred, and, you know, bleary-eyed, et cetera, et cetera. He said, If you had anything to eat, and he just smiled and went, a cigar. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Which I think shows a certain sense of style. Indeed. Um, yeah. I think yeah. there's, a, there's a class thing here. You know, rugby players can, you know, spend a night in Paris and end up drinking aftershave. And it's all um, what twi- 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 a twi- jolly jape, and you know these chaps—they yeah. know how to yeah, do you're it. You're absolutely right. You right. know Jack Wilson. I didn't see it. I, it's passed me by this whole thing, but yeah, I, I see where it comes from. Yeah, he's he's been a bit probably out of order, mm-hmm. a bit mouthy, but he's probably done nothing as as. Samuel uh, has pointed out. Nothing that most of us, when we've had a few lotions, you know, having won something big as far, you know...
0: Well, your, in, you know, instant, your instant your reaction is basically to take the piss out of Tottenham, isn't it? I mean... So. It's, <laughs> it's, it's just the way it works. Yeah, so we commend him. Yes, we, we commend that. Um, but yeah, I think um, FA, FA Cup, I think... Do, do we just write that off as just one of those very, very strange days that the Cup I, throws up I, every now and again I, I, and...
3: I think at the time he wanted, um, it was like the lowest of all priorities at that given weekend, wasn't it? I can't remember the fixture list around it, but actually, if you could have tanked any one game in that little period, that would yeah. be fun. Where you'd throw a team out, and if they won, fine, and if they lost,
4: whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm, sort of ambival- I'm sort of ambivalent about it, actually, because I'd spent the whole weekend drinking in Ghent, so I just. Follow- <laughs> up- yeah. Even that was a blur. I thought I was mis-seeing things at about six o'clock Ghentish time. But um, yeah, so it doesn't really it hasn't really lain large with me to be honest.
1: It was sam- yeah. sandwiched did between the Liverpool games.
0: Out? That's yeah, of course. It was the it was the League Cup semi, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah. The, it was.
1: Yeah. A, it was the cheese in the middle of the the, the sandwich, you know, for the, of, of the Liverpool games. And and indeed, I, and I, we
0: had um, sorry to Richard, but we had um, we had City at the end we of did. the month. Yeah, we did so um, that was the
1: not. Four I think the, I think the other thing is is
0: that Bradford. Like, Sorry.
3: Sorry, if he if put 11 people out and if they won it, fine. And if they didn't, do you know what? He could live with being out of exactly.
2: the FA Cup. Mm. Yeah, and Bradford played well, didn't they? They played football. It wasn't like a dour, yeah. you know, sort of... They were
3: a really good crowd when they came down yeah. as well, actually. They actually came uh, down in the spirit of the FA Cup and really yeah. wanted to play a game of football and I quite admired them for
2: that. Yeah. Yeah. There was very little resentment about the whole thing. No. It was, no. it I think of, there was you know, afterwards. I think the usual...
1: Um, the, the, the usual uh, Twitter nappy filling brigade uh, <laughs> yeah. in a few moments. Yeah, no, but but you know, my view of it is you know that well, the, you know, that's the beauty we're of the cup, isn't it? <laughs> and, you know, I had I take this the simple view is is that that's the beauty of of, of a cup knockout game. You get a sucker punched by people and you take it on a chin. And I I, I kind of felt, I was a bit embarrassed afterwards at some of the Chelsea fans' reactions. Like it, it was a bit mealy mouthed and a bit it was you know, it was
3: sort of that post two thousand and three brigade that yeah. don't quite know how to deal with losing. I mean everybody exactly. else sort of laughed. We're not oh, good for Bradford, good for them, yeah. but no, you're right. The yeah, whole
1: I found it a little bit distasteful. The only other thing, I, I, and I tweeted this about a week ago, I think I was to say, is that I think I did it on cup final day, was um, I think the cup has been out on loan too long, and I think it's, <laughs> you know, I think it's time we called it back in.
0: Yeah, I, it, d- I it, must admit, I do not, not that we're ever in any way jealous of Arsenal, but I, I do like an FA Cup final. Yes. Do, like, do like the day out and, yeah. and all, the, all the fun that goes with it It's it, I, I would like to be that's one of my things for next season uh, yeah. actually you know retaining premiership I would like to go to the FA Cup final and again
2: no disrespect to Arsenal but that was a shocking I mean it wasn't their fault at all no. but that was a shockingly poor Cup final yes, it not it
3: as bad as the England game yesterday I, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And I would say it, 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 it was, it was, it the, was, it was not a game there. at all it was, and as, as I say that's not
2: taken away from Arsenal that's nothing to do with them they turned up they played it was just I, think the, I, uh, I don't think since since Newcastle got beaten by Jan Morby standing in the centre circle passing to everyone in about 1980 something I don't think I've seen anything quite as bad you know, okay. it was Will just can, it was shocking isn't
4: all this being slightly unfair on Villa, who are the uh, great FA Cup final entertainers? Or have I misunderstood?
0: <laughs> <it>? <laughs> Apparently so. It's.
2: Uh, I mean, it, I think Villa... Oh, well, it was just, Villa. Sorry, I, I thought it was West Ham. <laughs> no, um, one has got a slightly
4: thinner manager, that's what I tell them about. <laughs> or did have.
0: <laughs> or did have at one point. Um... <laughs> I think, yeah. I yeah. mean, to be if we're if we're brutally honest, Villa showed why they finished seventeenth, and um, that's that's really about as much as you can. Um,
2: I think the last word say. on the Bradford is, of course, the, the, the turning point in the game was the removal of uh, John Obi mid
0: Victory.
2: We were still two one up at the time. Yeah, I and two one up like, and yeah. cruising.
3: And he had nobody else to put on in that position to sort of hold at the the front of the defenders either did he
0: yeah nothing no one mopping up
3: I did love the sight of Kurt Zuma in the last 10 minutes though playing as centre forward that was brilliant I just have never seen anyone so clueless trying so hard and not having any idea what they were trying to achieve yet trying anyway well, well I agree it's, with it, you it, Alex, it was the.
1: I've not seen that not since the days of Robert Huth
0: it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it, it was the I believe the Gary used to
1: lob him up there didn't he <laughs>
0: <laughs> stick, stick the big lad up front. Yes, indeed. Let's let's, let's see what we can what we can get. And I mean, you know, Tim Sherwood seems to be making a, a passable career out
2: of it. So you know, <laughs> let's play, let's play two to the Houthmaister for you know. Several people have said that his loan to Leicester, along with Cambiasso's, you know, experience, etc., was one of the um, one of the factors. I've read that several places. So yeah, I you know, know. players you'd love to him, done it You know, he's. Uh,
3: what was it though that Cambiaso got nominated for, where everybody sort of looked at it and went really' was that like, was he shortlisted for some kind of player award this season I d-
0: yeah, that sounds vaguely familiar i must have, i d- i had saw very little of him so i couldn't i couldn't comment it was it was, possi-
2: it was possibly something to do with the the shininess of the pate and he was only taking on <laughs> John Joe Shelby and one or two others so.
0: <laughs>
3: a k a Voldemort. <laughs> the, the,
0: the, the solar sex panel brigade yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> I think um, I d- we will touch briefly upon the Champions League. Then we'll then we'll move on to you know a, a few of the best ofs and all that kind of stuff. Um, Champions League was, I think, probably our only real disappointment. Um, it it just smacked of of being a bit too cautious and a bit too pragmatic and, and not quite having enough in in reserve to to hit back when we needed to. Um, I, d- I would suspect that, that Roman, you know, is, is, is broadly happy with the season. But if there's one thing he'll want improved on next season, it will be um, a showing in the big European pot. Um, thoughts from the floor. Someone kick off.
3: I just yes. think that whole second leg of that Paris game um, was just odd. Really, it's just. Yeah. I mean, they, they kicked and punched and sort of fought their way to it, didn't they? Rather than sort of show any. Superior football skills—is that being unfair? Or well, I, I, think, I
4: think when the penalty went in in extra time, even me and my paranoid best have thought, "No, we're okay here." And then uh, <laughs> Lewis five or so minutes later, and celebrate it. Yeah, what well, a dip! Well. Can I, <laughs> I
1: just intervene here? I want to refer back to the equivalent podding shed that we did last year, where I mm. warned, I warned us, and I said, "David Louise will come back and bite us on our ass." All right,
0: Nostradamus. Yes. Mm. And he did that game. <laughs> and, and, and
1: we're talking it's about that, Alex it, As, that peculiar, as, as <laughs> peculiar as a game as it was, the one thing we didn't have in that particular game, of that second leg, was a David Luiz. Somebody who wanted to win, who wanted to grab the game by the bollocks and actually go and do something with it. Uh, and, and, you know, I've, I've long been a, 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 a fan and a defender of him. Not as a defender, but as a, a, as a presence <laughs> in the team, obviously. But, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's what we're missing. Like, yeah, it, he, it was a was strange s- game because of the level of apathy. And, mm, and it probably he was, wasn't he apathy, was but it came itself. across as that, yes.
3: But um, even from people like Ivanovic, who usually, I mean, he's a born winner. And you can, like with the Liverpool game, running around with a hole in his foot. It's, and yet that wasn't there, was it, no, for the no, Paris game? No.
1: And it was, it's unlike a Mourinho team. To to, yeah. uh, to yes. have that level of and it is apathy. I'm sure it's not apathy amongst the players, but it projects itself as apathy into the crowd, mm. and the crowd themselves then start to get a bit apathetic about it and start thinking um, in the in the typical almost possibly uniquely Chelsea way of oh well that's that, isn't it? You know we're not going to win this. And, and, so uh, the and
3: pinnacle for me was that Napoli game where we were three one down. That yeah. atmosphere, Stamford Bridge, was incredible, and it just. There was nothing like that on that yeah. night at Stanford. I don't no. know. You're right. I think the ap- perceived apathy sort of projected itself into the crowd.
4: It's- I think the other thing to remember is that they're quite a young team. You know, if you look at the um, not so much the Champions League, but the Premier League last season, in that <clears throat> we sort of had it in our hands and we threw it away, then we're given a lifeline and we threw it away, and then we per- perhaps were given another lifeline and finally blew it against Palace. And I think, you know, last season it was quite frustrating because. We had it in our hands so many times, a couple of times, undes- undeservedly so, but we still managed to chuck it away. And I think half the sort of paranoia for me this season was that, you know, with that mindset, they're still a young, inexperienced team, most of them. There's still that potential to throw it away. And I think mm. that showed itself in that second leg against PSG. It's
3: interesting what you say, that we yeah. didn't have a winner, because actually the only person who start, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but the only person who started that night, who started the final, was Gary Cahill. In 2012, Mm. so actually you're looking at it and you're thinking, yes, it's only like two years on, but none of those players.
0: Yeah, who's who's been there and done it kind of thing. I mean, obviously you got you got experience on the pitch, but no, I I think I think it's it's a very good point actually, and I have to say, you you mentioned that PSG did kick and snarl, and and but actually sometimes that's just what you need. just yeah. a little bit of that needle and a bit of, the, and you know, we've been we've been good at doing that in the past, and I, I think we just didn't really have an answer. I think it was um, the the chap in the middle who personified Virati. Yeah, oh, I mean, he was to
3: kill him, but if he'd have been wearing a blue shirt,
0: oh, fantastic. Just a, a nasty little farcist, snapping at heels, tackles, you name me, He had. It. He was absolutely. I and mean, he should everywhere. have
3: been booked four times by the end. Of the <laughs> I was going to
0: say, you know, the, the question as to whether he should have actually been on the pitch is um, is, <laughs> it, is another one entirely. But yeah, it just. I think we just lacked a little bit of that yeah. aggression. we, we, kind of,
1: we you say that, that about you,
3: a, I hate a, you, but then another part of you thinking, why are not any of our
1: yeah. doing that? Yeah, right, if, you, if you ever look at any of our more snarling victories or whatever. There's all that conversation about should such and such the Chelsea player have been on the pitch always features as as, as part of our game, you know, mm. and how many times you've had it, you know, Costa he shouldn't have been on the pitch, Drogba in his heyday shouldn't have been on the pitch, and all this sort of stuff. But they were generally because after the game everyone was saying Jesus Christ Chelsea don't know when to give in, yeah, and and you've got to have that kind of snarling attitude. That that the, 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 I'll say that Napoli game was probably the uh, sorry the Napoli they. Uh, PSG game was probably one of the rare occasions where we didn't have that snap uh, mm, sure. it, 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 within our within our um, team that night. You know, very very unusually, because when you look at the other games, when you look at the um, the, the one 0 against Manchester United, for example, at, at Stamford Bridge or whatever. You know, as as dull as people, you know, the old, old um, mad bastard Van Hull wants to called <laughs> it. We had something about us. That that game, you know, we were putting the tackles in. It's always been my criticism, as occasionally we've sat back too much, but we weren't scared to put the tackles in, and I think that game we were. And it was a one-off. I think it was actually a one-off, because I can't remember another performance, um, barring maybe um, the first half against Burnley at Stamford Bridge, where we had that kind of lazy arrogance
2: uh, about mm. us. Mm. Yeah, fair point. Fair point. Um, I think there's some of this I don't, I don't the two the two work. leg football thing, you know, where <clears throat> you're never quite sure whether to to wee or leave the potty, as they say. And um, <laughs> indeed, you know, there's a bit of that in that you know, without maybe the, the, some of the experience, some of the old heads, um, <clears throat> you know, in you just you, you're not quite sure how to. To, to approach the game, you know, because once once they got one goal, they they had the away goal, just like we had the away goal, and, and all that sort of thing starts to... And then once they had two away goals, they had one more away goal than we did. You know, the, these sorts of things must affect the way the players are thinking about yeah. the game and their approach to the game. You know, it's that we started... I, I saw it as, as perhaps, you know, Mourinho setting out to make sure they didn't score, and then once they did, we didn't really get... <clears throat> On top of the game, yes, we you know we got ahead again, but it was yeah it was a funny old night. I, I, you know, I, we, we had you know referring to Ancelotti earlier, we we lost to Inter Milan who won it. We lost to um, to United the following year, didn't we? It's mm-hmm. it's it's, it's a, a knockout tournament when you get to that stage and things happen. You know? It
0: is true, yeah. It's um, I, I think the um, to a degree the stars do have to align. Yeah, and and, 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 every, and everything be right with the world as as it was in in 2012. Well, I mean, it was, two, and it was two, two, two set pieces
2: which they conceded as well, which was again
0: very annoying. un Mourinho like, isn't it? It's yeah. um, it's not a Mourinho team that, that concedes you know one set piece in the game, let alone two. Um, it could obviously so,
3: be worse as well. We could be a laughing stock in Europe like Manchester City.
0: Exactly. This is of course true. We are we are faring better than most, and frankly, our um, our contribution to the um, the dodgy UEFA quotient or whatever it is is um, is or it should be better documented because that fourth place I suspect has probably stayed where it is, a, a great deal of which is due to our escapades. So um,
3: I think I, I think I heard and it's off of some stato somewhere that had we not won the Europa League when we did, then we would have lost the fourth. Oh, okay.
1: I don't know it's that, that's true, it's true It was indeed, it was our, our victory that year That kept the coefficient um, where oh, it was okay. And then of course last year I mean, It was a one-off when you get all four English teams Going out at the, um, the the round of 16 Or whatever they've bloody christened it these days And then it's yeah. the usual um, the Usual hats all giving it all of, You know, well that's the end of English football We're not as strong as the rest of Europe And I think it's, that's rubbish yeah. it's, um, It all goes know, in it's, cycles It's,
0: exactly. you know Tis, Tis the way it is. Um, it's just as a, a an in, hello. reasonably... Hello? Are you still there? Is everyone still there? I'm still here. Like you're receiving. Yeah. Uh, yes, I'm, right. I'm still here. I'm still, still here. here. Hang on. Have we lost Andrew?
1: Oh, I think we may well have done.
0: Andrew and Alex, where are you? So, are you there? Yeah. Excellent. i blame
1: right.
3: Andrew's giant fat ginger cat for that.
0: Jabba. <laughs> <laughs> Jabba. <laughs> Excellent. No, I assumed he would play um, play some sort of part in the recording. So, um, that's, if that's his, that's his contribution, then it's having all- not
3: moved yeah. for the last ten years, he's decided that tonight is the night to use the MacBook as a scratching post. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Excellent, excellent. Like Paul Scholes. He's, he's come in and just Except decadded, with more it's all over the shop. <laughs> <laughs> <He> destroyed <laughs> everything
0: with more character.
4: <laughs> um, we will Stop do them goals as well.
3: yeah. <laughs> the man that would never ever give an interview as a player who now wants to be on television
0: can yeah. shut him up now it's no. never ending um, I think what we will do um, we will have a quick blast through um, the little list I, I sent round and, and do our, our favourites and, and a few other bits Um it, Kicking off with player of the season, um, for me, there is only one. Um, JT obviously is always there or thereabouts, but this season has to be Eden Hazard because he was just the reason why you, you pay and you go and watch football. Absolutely, unstoppably brilliant from start to finish and nothing more to say. Hands down, the best player of the Premiership this season. Toe, over to you.
1: Uh, over to me? I yes. I was really going to try and say someone. Um, that, but I couldn't keep a straight face while I was going to say it, so I, I won't bother. Um,
0: <laughs> you were going to nominate Quadrado, weren't you? Yes, yeah, so I was going to nominate Quadrado,
1: <laughs> who the rumor has it is already on his. You know, he's already packing his bag and and, and you know, sort of dolefully walking out of Cobham. You know, with a uh, a, a stick with a red white dotted ba- thing on the end of but it. With and well, you know that, and make... that
0: sound you can hear in the background is the world's smallest violin. Indeed, indeed.
1: <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I, I I cannot go against um, Eden Hazard. I have been singing his praises. He's more than made up um, to me for the the personal man crush failure of David Louise Going, um, <laughs> I've, I've, I find myself no longer looking at the the fine curls, tumbling curls, and thinking. Oh my! What, what might look,
0: have been?
1: Now I look at the the, uh, the near the near ability to grow a, a proper beard and think, "Yep, you'll do for me." he has been fabulous, isn't he? That's why, you, yeah. like you said, you pay your money to go and see players like that light up games of football and and to watch the sheer terror on the opposition defence and just, just, just the idea that there are defenders yep. all over the country waking up in the middle of their in the middle of the night with their wives going what 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 hazard hazard's coming <laughs> oh, sorry, no. fantastic the, the
4: only downside with him is i start shouting run at them run at them when he's on the edge of our box now
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well you, you can offer that because it's now over to you mr holmes your favorite
4: uh, oh, it's Hazard as well,
0: without
4: a shadow of a doubt. To be honest, yeah. I, think, um, I don't know if there's. Um, I, I don't know if I'd like to see him in the centre a bit more. To be honest, He's properly running at people. Because when he does that, he seems to make things happen straight away. Mm. But uh, yeah, him without a shadow of a doubt. You know, he's arguably the third best player in the world at the moment. He's got Will time be the on his. First yeah, in a he's got of time years. on his side. You know, it's. Yeah. A privilege. He's probably one of the best players I've ever seen. So yeah.
0: No, agreed. Um Donald, are you, you going to make it a clean sweep or are you going to be, be our resident contrarian?
2: I, I One wants to be contrary. All I can really say is that, you know, it, it's it, it's only a few years ago, let's face it, when outside of the committed uh, cycling Tifosi like myself, <laughs> who obviously had a long list of Belgians that they admired, you know, the, the odd... <laughs> Plastic Bertrand completist and, you know, one or two others, one or two others, Um, you know, one of the favourite lists that people threw up, you know, this is obviously before the dawn of social media, was, you know, "Um, can you name any famous Belgians? And now we are awash in football <laughs> with famous There there's a famous belgian turning up you know off the ferry every other week um but yes you know there's a generation of of, of football sports growing up thinking that people have always known belgians you mm. know but you know you mentioned the name for and five years ago yes there'd be a few people who remembered the 80s and you know, that fine Belgian football team that we only just squeaked past in Italia 90 and all that sort of thing. But, you know, I've then always, here I, we are. I, I, I wash, like, tend to agree. A wash they, with Belgians. They've,
4: they've done that, Kelly, Paul, Paul is well pissed off. It's down to eighth now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and I I'd, I'd like to say, I like to think that actually um, they, they've actually really... But you know, mainly Hazard. But if you look at the likes, of, you know, Ben Tech and all that, the, the ones that are, are sort of showing more and more success, um, you know, I was always one of these people. When someone said to me, "What do you know about Belgium?" I used to say, "It's a nice place to drive through on the way to Holland," because that's mm. basically <laughs> what, what I what thought. You know, yeah, exactly. That's and now, right. now I know it's, it, I know, I know that it's it can produce fantastic footballers and cyclists, of course. Obviously, well,
2: all-round, all all-round sport enthusiasts like myself, when asked, you know, to name a famous family of Belgian brothers, would have immediately gone to the Plankert brothers. You know, those Flemish cyclists of fame and fortune. Now, of course, you've got the Hazard brothers. There is three of them knocking about, isn't there? Mm. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's very difficult not to um, to see him as as the outstanding. But I thought William was. Probably, you don't, uh, the other day on site, my company got awarded most improved contractor for health and safety,
1: which, <laughs> that's a bit of a bad which you
2: know, was, was, the, was the there a big multi...
0: oh, oh, is he gone? Donal.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, ah. no, that's, that's the little Skype pig of doom. Hang on a minute. We're going to have to get him back. <laughs> Where are you? <laughs> right. Hang on. Here he is. I,
1: I... Just trying to finish off, but the fact is, that's quite a backhanded compliment, isn't it? I mean, you're the the most improved. What's it saying about where you were then? You know. Hello. Uh,
4: I hope his excitement of telling us about it he hasn't just cut through some wire somewhere. Or if Skype's just gone, <laughs> that shit's yeah. been my yeah. head. <laughs> 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 yeah, there's
0: there's an ombudsman
1: listening into every conversation going, that's
0: oh, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's going knows oh, he
1: wants to hear
0: that. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, listen, we'll, 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 we'll carry on until we, until we get him back. He's trying valiantly to um to dial himself back in we'll, we'll just see um, see how we get on um
4: he's off to get a certificate has he
2: because this isn't video <laughs> anyway <laughs> <laughs>
0: <coughs> oh, he says choking slightly um <clears throat> we will oh no no he's gone completely bloody hell hang on let's see if we can add him talk about yourselves everyone um
1: uh, well okay then um it's, oh, is that the ping of life? Um, I think he, he, the point he was making. William has been fantastic. See, I mean, you, you're asking us to pick out players, uh, <laughs> a, a, and of course, Hazard stands head and shoulders above. Um, it's been a high. Ben-
0: it has been a high benchmark this year, it has yes. to be said.
1: But I think it would be an interesting. If you're going just... to take Hazard
3: out for the model of consistency, I'd say Ivanovic. Uh,
0: to Ivan or JT? Yeah. Hey.
3: Just for the two of them, sort of very rarely failing you all season long.
4: Mm. Well, that whole, mm. I think with William as well. I think with William, if I'm going to be over picky, and the amount of work he's done is brilliant, but
0: his decision making in the last quarter could do with being Can, can be a wee bit iffy at times. I, I would agree. Not
3: as iffy as Theo Walcott, who's like an English
1: canoe. But... <laughs> yeah. Oh,
0: shit! Sure. <laughs> I, I like that. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. William, William, and this is not one for the teenagers here, really. But William, when he—that's the criticism I'd have of him—is he's very similar to um, um, one of the herbs. Um, It was called Deal with the Dog. Who basically <laughs> just used to run around in circles with his head on the floor, going, "I'm deal with a dog. I'm a dog called Deal. Yeah, know, really, really <laughs> fast." I, so I kind of, I kind of have that picture of William in my mind there, you know. Um, but it'd be interesting if you've got a category for uh, most disappointing player. I'd be and, uh, without taking the obvious Quadrado in there. They, 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 yeah. But I'll let I'll let you lead the way, Johnny, because after all, you you are the dimple. <laughs> yeah. You are we, our um, Paxman. You We're know? we gonna crack you're, on. You're, you're our do- Evan Davis.
0: <laughs> I, with a with a, with a face for radio, yes, yes indeed. <laughs> um, we're, do, do, we, we're having troubles getting Donald back, so we'll, we'll we'll crack on. We need to sort of round this bit off reasonably reasonably soon, so we can move, move on to the book um, game of the season for me. Um, finals aside, um, we'll we'll come on to that. Uh, Everton away, just because it was absolutely flaming bonkers. Love yeah. games like that. It's it's just. Absolutely nuts! I, I, I was I was performing domestic duties like push, putting washing out or something ridiculous like that, and realised the game had been on for five minutes and came down and we were two nil up. Like, hang on a minute, what, what's going on here? Um, yeah, just one of those really really crackers games of football. Um, we were exciting goals at both ends. Who could ask for more? It had the lot, so that was my was favourite. the
3: most bonkers game of football since the 4 all against Liverpool, I think, in the Champions League, in that I didn't have a clue what the score was. By the point that Costa came and almost jumped on top of us when one went in, I had no idea what the score was. If you'd given me £1,000, I couldn't have told you. It was mad.
0: Yeah, fairly, fairly nuts. So that's my pick. Tone, over to you.
1: Um, I, I probably would have um, ordinarily picked that, but to, um, I don't want to be a contrarian, um, but I would say nothing but nothing gives me the kind of joy um, that beating either any of our London rivals gives me. And and so, you know, 3-0 versus Tottenham. Um, you, you can never, ever walk out of Stamford Bridge on an evening game having beaten Tottenham 3-0 and thought to yourself you know i missed Emmerdale for that or all is all it, is right all it, is
0: right it, with the world it is
1: there's a kind of sense of karma and peace you know it's like the dawn chorus it's one of those life affirming moments that you that you that you have you know um and and you walk out of that ground and and everybody's just thinking yeah, yeah, yeah this, <laughs> this this is this is it isn't it? This, this is why i support chelsea um so yeah for me i'm going to go for the um, 3-0 against tottenham on wednesday December the 3rd at uh, 1945 I have got the fixture list in front of me by the way <laughs> good work good yeah. work <laughs> uh, and a fine
0: choice as well uh, Andrew oh Andrew
1: uh, hey
4: um, mine was the Everton game as well in that um, I was on holiday in France for the first two games and so it's the Everton game for the reasons that you've already talked about but um, I was in Paris for the Burnley game and I dragged my wife and child we were at the Musée l'Armée, uh, the French War Museum and I dragged them away from that early um, so we could go and watch Chelsea uh, Burnley. Sorry, it was early evening. But um, it was in the Highlander pub, which is on the south bank of Paris, not too far down from Notre Dame. But uh, I noticed on the board outside, it called it uh, Chelsea Burnley. They've got their <laughs> two, two northern teams being with B mixed up and sort of thought, well, we'll just go with both of them put together, to be honest.
0: <laughs> just, we'll, see, we'll see what we get.
4: And ironically, when I got in there, it wasn't on anyway. But there we go. No, so it's Chelsea Everton for me. Grant. Can I uh, just
3: say, in the same way that you were saying about Spurs, is there anything more satisfying than letting Liverpool go ahead of you at Anfield and then coming back and
0: stuff? <laughs> it, just, it just adds to the ire and the grumble. Just for that majestic silence of the cop, the fabled cop, that actually
3: you never hear that much noise coming from unless exactly. they're singing that wretched song before kick-off or rubbing your face in being ahead of you. Is that the song
4: that they nick from Celtic?
3: Yes.
0: That'll be the one. That'll be the one. <laughs> Um, noted um Alex, your favorite game.
3: Um, I I'd have to go with the Everton one as well that and Swansea I know everyone says Swansea because we won 5-0 but we did the usual prayer before kick-off like please don't fuck this up Chelsea please don't fuck <laughs> this up <laughs> <laughs> this all this way. please don't make me suffer and then to be sort of what was it 3 or 4 nil up by half time oh,
0: we've point, got a Kit
3: Kat to share at half time but this is pretty much done and then it's just back to London and it's kind mm. of a bit flat after that so oh, job done no drama,
0: professional. What
3: new feeling of sanity in the Chelsea camp. So yeah. I think the only
4: thing I'll say about that is I, I was, um, I didn't watch it or follow it live at all. And I came back and i read the reports afterwards. And I watched this is our view.
3: Predicted we'd lose two one. I'll add that. Yeah,
4: but I, that's <laughs> the prediction I make before every game. As a... <laughs> <laughs> um, and actually, the reports I mean, didn't really. I thought we were okay in that game but more, from my memory there was quite a lot of self-inflicted mistakes I spawned. think they
3: were just bloody awful yeah, yeah,
4: yeah.
0: Mm.
3: they were terrible
0: Yeah No I think um, I think that's a good point Um we will um, we're going to blast through the, the, the rest of these I think these these are quick fire answers so we can we can move on to Matt's book Um most underrated player for me as um, I think he's done an absolutely sterling job um the final against Spurs summed him up tough as nails, carried on with his, doing his best Terry Butcher impression.
3: Yeah. <laughs> no. There was a moment where he went into a flying header and he hit the floor and you could see it written on his face, I don't think I can get back up again <laughs> but I'm going to try anyway.
0: This he is all, he on. He had his
3: head bandaged. There was a moment where he, he did the flying header and you can tell he hit the ground and thought,
0: Shit! Ouch! <laughs> but no, I did that. Somebody my you know, no shortage of skill either. Um, he's dependable, um, and I think you know it's very difficult in a, in a team full of, of great players. It's very difficult to, to win the plaudits when you're you're a fullback. But for me, top notch tone. You're, you're most elevated,
1: Gary Kay. Duly noted. I am absolutely a massive fan of his. He would walk into any other Premiership team. In this country, United would rip our arm off to have him, as would City, as would Liverpool, as would Arsenal, as would Tottenham, as would any of them. And I get a bit tired, as you well know, of the <laughs> Cahill naysayers because I think people, you know, they, they they'll pick out every single error he might make, which isn't many, and yet they're they're blind. They go they go John Terry blind when John Terry fucks up. You know, oh it's you know, no, John true, Terry's you to get away with it. So I think Gary Cahill, I think in any other team would probably be the captain as well. Do you yeah. know what as well?
3: Just what? for his reaction after he had that stinking couple of games over Christmas as well and sort of got booted out for a game or two, didn't he? And his mm. attitude was fantastic.
0: Yeah. Which no
1: is everything you oh, want in yeah. a player, I think. and, and that's He's, I I think like
3: it's it. just a winner as well. That you can't have... Not everyone can be a John Terry who's <clears> been at the club for 35, 40 years or whatever. Um, but when Cahill puts a Chelsea shirt on, he is diehard blue. And I don't think you can ask for much more than that.
0: No. Well, that's Absolutely
4: true. Uh, Andrew? Uh, mine's sort of not underrated, but perhaps most underappreciated, and it's Fabregas, to be honest. In, uh, mm, okay. um, I thought it's been brilliant. I, I had slight worries when he joined us that um, he might be a new Torres and he's only really here because it was the only outlet that was available for him. And I don't want to slag Torres off because I wanted him to succeed and, you know, it's a shame mm. it didn't work out. But I think he's come in, he's really embraced the club, he's embraced embraced Jose's methods... He's a real integral part of the team and because he was captain of Arsenal and he played for Barca, unless he has a sort of 9.5 out of 10 game every week, he just gets slagged off when he makes the slightest mistake.
3: He's also embraced that kind of undertone of mockery about Wenger as well, which I kind of like. (laughs) (laughs) That's how he got from start to finish. I asked an Arsenal season to get hold of Fred, why did you give him such a hard time? Because he blatantly said, I want to leave because I want to win. (laughs) <laughs> or I'm not coming back to you because I want
4: to win. Um, I just think he's been brilliant. And if he didn't have all that baggage, I think he'd be appreciated by more sections of Chelsea fans in
0: general. True, true. Um, we will move on. Where are we now? Um, fa- favourite moment of the season, stuffing Spurs at Wembley. That is all I have to say on the matter. A day out at Wembley is always welcome. A day out at Wembley where you stuff Spurs and walk home with silverware. Job done. I'm going to say yes. are being
3: carried off. Okay. Season.
0: No, that was yeah, that was very sweet. I unfortunately didn't see that, but yeah, that was that was rather sweet actually. I Although he's had his goodbyes
3: now, stop milking it. That's the <laughs> I, I was, yeah,
0: I was just saying you know always leave the wanting more and all that. Um, so that's, that's mine.
3: Banovic with the hole in his foot, still stuffing Liverpool, <laughs>
0: bleeding.
3: Um, I have no foot left because you know if he has a hole in its foot, it's not like a blister; it's like a self-inflicted shotgun wound.
0: Obviously, yeah, be, there'll be toes yeah. hanging
3: off. Did right? you know that they've they've put that one of that boot with the blood all over it? They've put in a glass case at the academy, apparently, to show the youngsters this is what's expected of you. Oh, bravo! Yes,
4: I, I can see a possible yes. health and safety claim coming up there somewhere down
0: the line. I, no, yeah, that's that's a very good point, actually. Right, I'm going to try and uh, see if we can get Donald back in a second. Cause I think we we might have might have lift off on that front. Um, right, we're going to r- rattle through. Um, right, we've all we've all done underrated. Right, oh yeah, sorry, one favourite moment. I'm doing really well here, Andrew.
4: Um, just a quick one. Um, you've all done capital one, uh, but for the traditionalists amongst us, I'll do Liverpool away in the league. It's always nice to go up there and beat them.
0: Yeah. Good point. Good point, and uh, in, in, in some decent style as well, actually, which was um, which was most enjoyable. Um, right, where are we? Um, next season's targets. Let's let's do this quick fire. Um, I would like to retain the Premier League title. Um, bit of an improvement in the Champions League, if you know. It's we've all said it's a lottery, da dee da, but bit of an improvement on that front. And I want to be in the FA Cup final next season. Want 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 definitely. Um, Tone. Uh,
1: FA Cup final. Um... Retain the Premiership And I uh, would like us to Get to the semi-final Of the uh, Champions League Having beaten Barcelona In the quarter-final
0: Fair enough I can I could deal with that Right Now yeah, hold on a second Let me see if I can get Donald back Bear with me just one moment
3: Shall I chuck mine in While you're trying?
0: Yep, yeah, go for it
3: Retain the league Do better in Europe And obviously Watch Jose Wind up Wenger As much as possible <laughs>
0: Excellent, yeah, in, in full agreement with that. And
3: Pellegrini. D- yeah, is it real? Well, I'm starting to dislike him more than Wenger, actually.
0: He's a bit of an old boar, frankly, I think, but whether he's going to be there is obviously another matter.
3: He looks like a really old, saggy cow he standing get... miserable <laughs> in a field, chewing cud, <laughs> I think. That's just in my head. No, That's he looks, it looks like a like. like. ghost
4: from a Dickens novel. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hello? It's got to
4: be a <laughs> total cat in a etching
2: form. Hello. One? He's back. Hey, he...
1: Donald. It's good to have you back.
2: Right. Like, like yeah. one of those hardened Flemish roadmen I was just referring to before <laughs> I went down, crash in the forest of Arnberg, but get back on the brake just as it gets into the Roubaix velodrome Excellent. and wing. Just so
3: you know, they were slagging you off the whole time you were
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they were. Sure they were. I do apologise. My whole This whole laptop is gradually a bit like myself. Breaking down in many and various <laughs> ways. So sorry, I have interrupted. You. Do carry on.
0: No, no, we will. Um, we're just rattling through. Um, I, I will. We'll have to pick up on um, on your favourites elsewhere and possibly get Nick to. to- to post them on the... Um, oh, yeah, don't uh, worry ...on about the me. website. Um, who is, like... So this is We're down to basic, short, one-word answers now. Um, who is going to leave? I personally think Czech is going to go. Very sad. Um, and I think Mikhail will be sold, which I also think is quite sad. Uh, Tone, who do you think is going to go?
1: Quadrado. <laughs> well, well, come up. Can I
3: stick up for him? Because everyone yeah, why everyone does everyone
2: hate, hate him so
3: much? Can I just say, can we give him a pre-season... Give him a pre-season. Sort ...of a proper run-in and... Like the beginning of this season, and see what he does because I think it must be very hard to come in in January when the team's been playing like they have been before Christmas and make an impact. And I think the work effort point. was there when he was running round a bit like a headless chicken. <laughs> um, he clearly <laughs> knew that it was going to be a lot tougher and more physical than what he was used to. I don't think he realised how much.
4: It's quite um, slow for a, um, It's quite slow for a quick bloke, though, isn't he? And no, I didn't the...
3: really. Like, he rocketed forward in, in some of some instances, but but
2: then fell over. There were a lot of positive comments the last game of the season. Yeah. The last game of the season, a lot of people seem to think he was doing quite well before he went off. If he could um, teach
1: himself to be that fast and do something and control the ball, then fantastic. <laughs> I just think that
3: give him a pre-season where Mourinho uh, yeah. can put like, his style into him or what he wants from him as opposed mm. to just trying to slot him in here and there and see what he does and if we're still here next year then we can spend the whole of the end of season podcast slagging him off
0: yeah that's fair enough um Andrew who do you think is going to go
4: um, no I'm going to check sadly Mikel um as well um Possibly Oscar, I think. Just give us just the, for the money. I was going to say, yeah. given the way that if they get a silly offer, they need to be. I mean, I don't know if we need to be slightly self-financing as more as we have been because of the, the money from the next TV deal. But mm. I think
2: we, we, sold, we sold, we sold matter because
0: Oscar. It seems be like here.
3: very few people are safe if the offer's right.
0: Yeah, mm. no, I'd agree. I think um, well, in, he, in he, the current he, climate, everyone. I thought has they were price. building
2: the team round, him though, and that's <clears> why well, matter had to go.
0: Well, I think things change, don't they? And um, I, I just, I, I hope he does not because I think I, I, he? I, I, you know, incredibly he's incredibly gifted. But he's,
1: he's once again been one of the most underwhelming players for me. But I, I appreciate the fact he's he's not had a pre <clears> season, and this year Mourinho seems to have um, smashed him over a kneecap or something. You know, just to make sure he doesn't have to go to. Um, yeah, he's, gum, he's having gum. he's having a proper summer holiday, isn't he? He is properly. Yeah. So I wouldn't give him another chance, but I I feel like, um, Car- like Alex caravan said, down I, the Nays or something like that. I do that I do couple. think I do think that um, you know everyone's got their price, and and actually um, there's some exciting players out there. You know, if you're doing a, a, a kind of deal with um, with another uh, another team for a player like Oscar, then Mourinho seems to have got most of it right this time, doesn't he? With, with the guys, mm. so yeah, so, no, you know, I, so. I'd give him another so, chance. I'll tell- yeah.
2: People Can like Van Ginkel and people like that are going, I suppose. Sorry.
3: Sorry, go on. I was just going to say, I think we need to expect a bit more from Felipe Luis as well.
0: Yeah, I think um, he's. Um, He he struggled a little and I I think he also has, it's it's that sort of, it's kind of Scott Parker syndrome in the sense that he's a perfectly decent player but you're just unfortunately up against two blokes who are at the absolute top of their game and it's very, very difficult to get anywhere near it.
3: He's being kept out of the team by a guy who's playing out of position which I don't think is really acceptable when you cost the money that he did and also not acceptable is the money he earns and the fact that he hasn't used any of it on a decent haircut. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's true. I but I think that's, that's what self the to a barber, Matt
4: Yeah, but, um, you know I think there's a chance he'll go as well because Can um, I just
3: shout out to Tim who sits next to me who just refers to him as Smertins love child.
0: oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear right um Alex, have you have you have you proffered an opinion on who you want to or who you think is going? meant not necessarily want, but who you think um, it's like to go
3: To be honest, I've not really had a problem with anyone we've got rid of because it's worked. So if they decide someone's worth the money and they can go, then fine. I will just say mm. if Czech goes in my mind, he's earned the right to play wherever the hell he likes without any comeback from us. if that's Arsenal or Man United, I'm not yeah. saying I' like it but he's earned, I think my respect in that he can
0: go anywhere he wants. Oh God. Yeah. No, the right
3: thing by himself.
0: The, the man is up there with, with JT and Frank, as far as I'm concerned, leg end. And, um, and yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, listen, we're going to move on cause I want to talk about the book and we, we, need to spend a bit of time on that. And, um, <coughs> we're, we're in danger of sending the listener to sleep. So we, we shall move on. Um, this is, guys, everyone, thank you all for your contribution on that. I think that rounded the season off rather well. Um, we move on. Um, I would declare a, 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 re- a register of, of members' interest here. I did actually help a little bit on this book, so I'm obviously biased. I think it's, um, it's, it's rather an impressive piece of work. But we're going to talk about it, and um, we'll take it from there. Um, firstly, uh, both of you, I'm hugely impressed and uh, actually been amazed at the amount of work that has to go into a project like this. Um, I suspect you've lost count of the hours, spent tracking down and photographing documents at the National Archives and transcribing diaries and all the rest of it, it is, it's a truly impressive achievement and no less than the subject deserves. So well done on that front. Um, we'll talk a, a, just a little bit about um, football and the Great War. Now, the thing that I picked up on, and I've obviously not read the whole book yet, um, but the thing that I picked up on while we were Working on it and talking about it was that the, a narrative seemed to develop quite quickly in, in sort of the press and, and society in general that footballers in some way were kind of you know dereliction of duty and not actually signing up and, and going off to fight. Is that Alex? That that seemed to be the impression I got.
3: Absolutely, yeah. And um, we ended up we went into it with no preconceptions, I think, about what we were going to make of any of it, but ended up fighting against that quite strongly I think it's fair to say because we looked into national statistics on recruitment we looked into demographics of where recruits were coming from and how they were obtained and actually it was a case of the press sort of hammering football really as this sort of archetypal bad guy that that isn't doing their bit when actually there were a lot of arguments to say that they were on a par with everybody else and they were just being held to a ridiculous standard I think it's fair to say what do you think
1: yeah I mean it's, it's, it's
4: very difficult and you know, almost like today in that um, when the when war was declared um, rugby stopped playing straight away uh, cricket stopped playing straight away um, but of course everything was amateur in those days uh, the thing to remember about football it was professional it was it was a business um,
3: it's important to say as well that there were a lot of people around still at that time that had a huge problem with football being professional, and actually it was those people that were mm. aiding the abuse at football, and it was actually um, an excuse to have a go at something they already had a problem with as opposed to something that was generated by the war. It was, and there's,
4: there's a variety of factors and other points of interest. But we can't go into all, all of that now, but I mean... Um, Football started to be criticised almost from the start of the 14-15 season. Mm. As I said, cricket stopped. Rugby stopped. Um, And they were sort of saying, well, football, you should stop as well. But as I said, it's a business. It was
2: rugby league professional at that point. Rugby league being sort of the northern game and so on. Was I already professional by then? I'm not sure. He's I'm a I and he doesn't
3: even care. No, if I like gave
2: it. you an answer now, I'd, I'd be making that up. To be <laughs> honest. Um, no, it'd be interesting to know on the you know from around, as people were earning money from it if they were at that time. It was similar to football. So.
4: Yeah, I mean, you, and you're right on the football, but they were you know they were earning money, but not that much money to be honest, right. and unlike surveyors who were playing rugby on an amateur basis at the weekend, footballers, you know, were bound by the terms of their contract and their wages were... pretty low Mm. by comparison to professional folk. Mm. So they couldn't afford, with the odd exception, they couldn't afford to buy themselves out of the contract. Mm. Um, And I think the other point that football in general was making was when war was declared, there was this big, you know, it will all be over by Christmas. So they said, well, if it's all going to be over by Christmas, why do you want us to shut the league down and (laughs) stop having the competition?
3: It was actually, there was someone connected with Millwall Football Club that did um, a really good sort of economic breakdown of how the game would be effective and how many people would be effective and financially to what extent if you just suddenly stop the lead. And actually, it was quite revealing. And also as well, I think that in the spring of 15, when racing comes back around and they don't stop either, there's a, a fair call. By football saying that well you want to hammer the working class game for not giving up and going off to war and yet it's okay for racing to continue and actually I think one of the best arguments I heard for racing was that jockeys are small so they wouldn't make good soldiers
0: yeah. <laughs> oh my word
4: uh, I think the same, on the same level as well I have a feeling professional golf still carried on as well
3: I think as well Lord was it Derby that was hammering at football and wanting to sort of get to the bottom of why football was continuing and football's argument was well look at your own sport because he was so heavily into racing um, look at your own sport before you cast judgement on others
4: mm. But I think Johnny to answer your initial question um, and despite me and I sticking up for football a hundred years ago there was a certain persuasive attitude that was quite negative towards football and football continuing while the war was on I mean mm. I mean, we uncovered, um, I can't, some of it's in the book, some of it's not in the book. Um, football quite often had recruiting drives at grounds. They had collections for um, charities for wounded and injured soldiers and their families. Um, and then ultimately, we'll come onto to this in a bit more detail in a minute. One of the things that they did, tr- did set up to try and counteract the negative criticism of football was the establishment of a, a footballers' battalion, which they did... That started in December 1914.
3: Mm. I think, one just to answer your question quite simply, one important stat is that the media hasn't really changed very much at all. There was one report that said that at a Chelsea-Arsenal fixture, no less, there was like one recruit. And that sounds bad, but when you consider that it was a game between the two reserve teams and the crowd was under 200, they didn't report that. So uh, it's okay. a lot of manipulation of statistics and facts on both sides, um, depending on which viewpoint the press. Can can I just just add
2: to this? um, Just just, um, on on, on, on the sideline, I was uh, at the National Portrait Gallery uh, a month or two ago and there was a part of an exhibition, uh, just women in in the the 20th century. There was a little corner there where they, they covered women's football and they made the point very strongly, and, and they had quite a lot of uh, photographs, etc., cetera, and, and, and paintings, so on, of various figures from the era. They made the point very strongly that women's football was massively popular and became a very, very big game during the Great War because men's professional football had to go. So it wasn't just that that, that men weren't signing up, etc. There was obviously an appetite for the game such that when men eventually did, you know, sign up in large numbers and the professional game stopped, the demand was such that at a time where you wouldn't have thought it would happen, women started playing. And, you know, you see them in the, these photos all in their shirt and shorts. And, and so, you know, they weren't running around in big, long skirts or anything. It was a proper game. And, um, you know, that sort of goes against the press view as well in that they there was obviously a public mm. need for... For entertainment sort of sport. more than yeah.
3: anything. And the people that can't fight, the wounded, the people that are too young, the people that are yeah. too old, the people working in the munitions industry and other home industries.
2: Yeah. A lot of them by then were winning. The yeah.
3: weekends? But I think the press argument of you're the most able-bodied men in the country and you're not doing your bit is very, it sees it very black and white,
0: I it's think. 10, yeah.
3: We've tried to investigate it and show you the other point of view. So. But also
4: just in terms of, you know, whether I... I I'm not sure, I don't know if there was 92 or how many football league clubs or the professional clubs there are now, mm. but, you know, I don't know if there, that was the same number then. But even if that was the case then, you know, our population was 40 million around the time of the First World War. So you're only talking about 1,000, 1,500 blokes, assuming they had...
3: We've also factored mm. in the fact that at that time when football was being absolutely hammered, um, it, wasn't, it wasn't expected of anybody, any married man with a family... To go and volunteer, if he thought he should be at home looking after his wife and kids, and actually a large percentage of footballers actually were married with families. So you're yes. holding them to a standard that you're not holding the general public to, which was one thing we've tried to sort of highlight to people.
4: Okay. That's true, but just to show there are some similarities with modern day footballers. Um, there's one illegitimate ex- children. Ex- yeah, there's one ex-Chelsea <laughs> player who. Uh, Look, STDs. If, yeah, yeah if you look at his service file there's a, an attach, a sort of attachment of earnings order for his illegitimate child um and there's another chap who's not in the book a chap called William garrish who was a villa player um and again, if you look at his service file, he's got another attachment of earnings order for another illegitimate child. So there are similarities with footballers from 100 years ago with current. And
3: actually, with <laughs> Chelsea getting battered a bit by the media as well, if everybody thinks they're out to get us now, um, there were reports on everything down to what they um, ate before matches, wasn't there? I can't remember what it was, something like dry toast. And, but that was, and there was a big hoo-ha as well about kissing other men when you scored a goal.
0: yeah it's um that's the thing that really sort of stood out for me was that that kind of uh, this narrative appeared about 100 years ago and he
3: always hated us in what in
0: whatever form (laughs) he needs
3: to tell jose there's a precedent
0: yeah there was say whatever you know whatever form it takes it's kind of this narrative was sort of pervaded about football all the way through um i mean obviously we we will talk specifically about Chelsea's contribution, because obviously the book is about Chelsea FC and the Great War. Um, it, it to me it seemed like it was it was kind of a good example of, of the the war in general. It, we were we were involved, and that that's that's really all I could could draw from it. it wasn't sort of this you know hugely important country Obviously everyone's contribution was important, but it wasn't huge. It wasn't tiny and insignificant. It just seemed like we we sort of bundled in and, and did our bit, like pretty much everyone in the country did, if they could.
3: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it, by far not the biggest contribution of the whole team marching off to war, and not the smallest. I mean, there are some clubs where you really, really struggle to find sort of any input in terms of players going off and joining. Just sort of, we didn't want to write this to champion Chelsea above. Any other football club, we just wanted to write a book, if you like, about just how one football club reacted to the war, and it just happens to be the club that we support. I mean, obviously, being Chelsea fans, we weren't going to go and write a book about Tottenham in the Great
4: Mm. War. Well, I mentioned the Footballers' Battalion earlier, and one of the things football tried to do to counteract the negative publicity was. come up with this idea of setting up uh, a battalion which um, would recruit footballers. And then, what well, the idea was it would recruit footballers. And then once you got the footballers involved, then the fans would sign up because they'd the opportunity to sort of serve with their heroes. And that was set up between December and January, December 1914 and January 1915. And at the first meeting, which I think Alex was Chelsea, was it Chelsea Town Hall?
3: Uh, Fulham Town Hall. I Fulham think. Town yeah, Hall. so it's on the doorstep of Stamford Bridge. This whole thing. It, it was a very
4: London centric thing. It was set up by the MPs for Fulham and and Brentford. Um, but that that first meeting amongst uh, there were three three Chelsea players who signed up at that very first meeting. Mm. Um, I can't remember. William Krug, the reserve goalie, was one.
3: Teddy, Teddy Ford,
4: the striker, was another one, mm. and um, then Harold Goodwood. Goodwood.
2: Dave Goodwood. Dave Girdwood, he yeah.
4: was the third. Um, but the footballers' battalion, it was a very southern thing. I mean, and lots of uh, the biggest contribution at that meeting was made by Clapton Orient. Yes. And I think that's, that's well known. But there were a few, a couple of players from Tottenham, um, three or four from Brighton.
3: Palace. Yeah, a few Palace, from
4: Palace. Yeah. Um, but it was quite a, a, a London-centric thing.
3: I think when the FA helped put it together and they didn't sort of advertise any further than the River Trent, I think... Um, But then there was an argument for, they thought they'd no problem recruit 1,500 footballers, but this didn't happen. Footballers had joined other battalions. At this point, there's nothing compelling a man to go to war if he didn't want to, and some of them didn't want to. So you get the fans flooding in, and um, statistically, as Chelsea made it, the biggest uh, contributions came from Clapton Orient and Chelsea, both of whom sort of put three-figure numbers into the original footballers' battalion. So we've tried really hard as well. We didn't want to just... Lean towards players, um, and we hope we've really got sort of the to grips with the fans' contribution. Just these guys that signed up at Stamford Bridge and at the football and sort of trotted off to war mm. on the basis on the basis of these advertisements, come and serve with your heroes and sort of what they went through as well.
4: I think just um, by 1916, by the time the footballs was telling up the song, there were players from other clubs Oscar Linkson was a Man United player Gerrish I'd mentioned was a Villa player um, and I think just in the interest of balance we should mention private Jackie Sheldon who was a Liverpool player
3: possibly the only one that in that we know of, I think it?
4: so and I think also in the interest of balance I should point out that he was banned for match fixing at the time
3: so they do have history they're right <laughs>
4: What's, what's quite a nice touch is he was, he was banned. There was a game between um, Liverpool and Man United, um, I think Good Friday, 1915. And then he was a Man United player at that time, but uh, over the summer he was transferred to Liverpool. Um, and then he was banned for his part in that match fixing. But what was quite nice is that the army maintained the the uh, ban and wouldn't let him play in, in, <laughs> in matches that the Footballers Battalion took part in.
3: So next time they sing about their history, we can remind
0: them of that. See, there is, there is, there is more to history than the listing off league titles and all that sort of stuff. Uh, I think um, it, it seemed to me um, that it, in general, the, the, obviously, the football battalion is, is one particular aspect of it, but the, there were people going off to all sorts of different parts of the world and doing all sorts of different things in various different services.
4: I'm sorry, Johnny, I'm just, just going to take you back to the footballs battalion. point, yeah, point in that There's a guy called uh, Vivian Woodward, who some of us may have heard of. Mm. Um, but having looking, looked into it, his war record wasn't that spectacular, actually, in that he volunteered quite early on, and he was wounded almost as soon as the footballs battalion got to the front, with quite, quite severe uh, shell wounds to his thigh. But what I didn't realise is that we looked into him and then after he was wounded, it he, he, he took ages to convalesce and then eventually he went back into the army and was trained as an instructor in their physical, physical education schools. Um, but what struck me is that I didn't realise how good a player he was and how good a character. He was like a Beckham of his day. Mm, yeah. And when he, when he eventually died in the early 50s... Um, he still held held the England gold-scoring record, and he hadn't played for 40 years.
3: Didn't he retire okay. and then come back and play for Chelsea?
4: No, he came back as a director.
3: Ah. No, I mean before the war, because he played for Spurs, didn't he? He did play and for Spurs. And then he retired. I thought we were going to
4: gloss over the Spurs bit.
3: Yeah, but I'd like to <laughs> re- You've
4: just, just lost us four book sales. Before. No, but I like. No, it's
3: good. He retires, ditches Spurs, and then backtracks and comes and plays for Chelsea, so obviously...
4: He did, but I mean, he he seems like an all-round, like, Beckham-type bloke of his era. He didn't play in the 15 Cup final, even though he was a far better player than um, the bloke who took his place. But his attitude was, I hadn't played in any of the previous rounds, therefore I'm not going to take his place now. You Because know, you he, only got
3: a medal if you played the final, didn't you? Yeah, he yeah. was an amateur. He oh, okay.
4: never took any money. He never received, even turned down travel expenses. He was England captain. He was captain, I think, of the gold medal football-winning teams in the... 1908 and 12 Olympics it just seems a real real strong chelsea character that they've sort of overlooked over the years to be honest
0: uh, okay hmm. interesting well interesting. obviously in terms of um, the, the the individual stories there are plenty more which you'll obviously have to buy the books to to, uh, to read about um i think actually the, the, the obviously the at the the absolute core of, of this book and, and any book about the great war it's the human stories and and just the diversity of the backgrounds of the individuals involved. Um, So what I'm going to do, I just want both of you to talk briefly. I know you both picked out sort of a story of a a particular individual. Um, Alex, to start off with you, kick off about um, the deans.
3: We've dedicated a fair portion of the beginning of the book to a family who, between them, racked up nearly half a century of military service. And um, the father had been in the army for decades and retired in about... 1912 leaving and his son in the same regiment who had um joined as a drummer boy at the age of 14 his son goes off and serves on the western front and then the father rejoins the army as well in his mid to late 40s and is off serving his country again and i think i'm just trying to add it up in my head how many years he must have served and it's almost 40 years of uh, military service, by the time the Great War ends and he's finally retires for good. So that was a family that sort of had a big military background and were in it from the start, and um, were off to France almost immediately. And um, the story that Andrew's got is is much more sort of in line with Kitchener's call to arms and men who volunteered at Stamford Bridge.
4: Mm. It is what Alex had not said is she's very good at um, tracing surviving relatives of all these people, so. Um, she's been in contact with the Dean family, um, and we've got you know unpublished photos of these guys in trenches and things that people haven't seen before. And the germs that I'm going to tell you about now, she spent a lovely evening with um, his great grandson, great nephew. I wasn't there, and hence I'm sounding slightly vague.
3: Totally forgotten, but yeah. <laughs>
4: but what's, what's great, and we've Thanks. done this, you know, through Alex's brilliant research we've, that we've. Made contact with quite a few families, we've been to see some of them, we've told them their stories of their uh, relatives. We had one, slightly changing the subject, we had one guy who um, called us over to his house in southwest London saying, Yeah, this is my um, great uncle, I think, isn't it? No, that was
3: his grandfather. His and grandfather. to have him sort of sit there with the pack that Andrew's put in front of him and with trench maps and sort of detailing how his grandfather died and have the guy nearly break down in tears because he didn't know any of this stuff about his granddad. I mean, the guy in question was um, a costmonger on North End Road. And um, the chances are that he went and volunteered purely because he was going to be on better money than he would have been trying to find goods to sell in Fulham. But what,
4: what, was, a, what was a real privilege, actually, I think, to us is that we went round and we told this guy his um, grandfather's story and he said, well, I've got some stuff, I'll, I'll go and get it. And he came back in with all sorts of medals and things on a tray. But one thing that I've never seen before was... Um,
3: a letter. It was the
4: letter that was pulled off his... It was the last letter from his wife um, that was pulled off his body before he was buried in November 1916.
3: Bloodstained we, as well. To
4: see that, and then obviously we, we've transcribed bits of it in the book, but just seeing that is just a, you know an unbelievable privilege, to be honest, without sounding too too precious about the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm.
3: to know that that was sort of the last letter his wife ever sent him and he put it in his pocket and went off into this horrific battle in sort of August 16 and um didn't come back out of it again mm.
0: and it's,
3: it's got his blood on it and it's just like wow it's actually a really real human being yeah,
4: yeah know, it's, that he's uh, talking it's a, about. a significant artefact I think um, yeah
0: no definitely definitely
4: uh, but the, the two guys I was just going to briefly mention were again part of the same research really and I, you met their relative who we can't quite remember who it is because there's, <laughs> there's, there's lots of relatives on the table I guess confusing to track them all unfortunately um but they were two brothers who were who were Chelsea fans. Um, and when Alex met up with their relative, yeah, that was confirmed. They both went to...
3: We tried to work out exactly what game. I think we narrowed it to a couple. And it might have been a reserve game. But they were at Stamford Bridge. And they'd um, sort of got swept up in this whole recruitment feeder thing and walked off to the office and put their names down for the footballers' battalion. Their mother was a charwoman. So I'm guessing she could take care of herself. And <laughs> had a bit of... Uh, personality mm-hmm. about her and um, apparently she was none too happy when they got home and announced they were going off to war
4: mm. that's oh, fantastic in April 1915
3: yeah so quite um, quite comparatively late for the early footballers battalion Chelsea lot but, but by July
4: 1916 they were on the Somme um, and the footballers battalion took part in three major offensives on in the battle of the Somme between July and November 1916 and, and they took part in those offensives and, uh, you know, they suffered misfortunes, to be honest. Mm.
3: Mm. But we've got, and like you say, they're spread worldwide. We've got people in Mesopotamia um, be- being punished for peeing up the side of lorries. Was that that guy? Um, we've got people working in aircraft industry at home in Mitcham. We've got people in France and Belgium, everywhere, absolutely everywhere. Royal Flying Corps, so... Yeah, they, Chelsea, Chelsea I think contingent didn't get
4: everywhere. One of the things that amused us about all the um, Chelsea fans who joined the um, footballers' battalion is that, unlike most battalions at that time, when you enlisted, you then were sent away miles, hundreds of miles away from where you grew up. But in London, the training centre for the footballers' battalion was at White City. So it was on the doorstep of where they all lived. It was yeah.
3: tempting to... <laughs> Bugger off and go for a drink.
4: I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. If you look at all of this, Johnny, Johnny, you were there when we were going through this. So yeah, it was um... hilarious
3: disciplinary. Record, there is, and our, our
4: favourite, our favourite guy is a chap called William Goddard, and um, you can almost track his evening through his disciplinary record for one night. Starts off with something <laughs> like... he'd already been in trouble. So he was already he was a...
3: confined to barracks for being absent without permission before. Yeah, so well, he's he already breaks out of barracks. He
4: breaks out of barracks.
3: Then he comes back and he's drunk.
4: Then he's drunk and then, then he
3: mouths off at the officer. No
4: you got the wrong way around it's, it's, No, then
3: he's done for peeing in an appropriate, inappropriate place. Yeah. And then he mouths off at the officer and then he's punished again. So he's again. got
4: this he's got this dramatic night where he breaks out, gets pissed <laughs> goes for a piss where he's not supposed to, and then swears at the officer for telling him not to piss where he's not supposed to.
2: And He's it's all, all <laughs> and, uh, We've In a way, we've
4: all had a click on that, but people are looking. Uh, hopefully, we'll, people won't so. be looking at this in 100 years' time. Yeah. yeah.
0: It, um, I, well, I, I
2: think it's, it's quite simple to say that he is proper Chelsea.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Can, can I just ask, does it deal purely with the, the volunteer years, or do you go then through 16 and onwards through conscription, or is it really talking about the volunteer? Sort of battalions, etc. Is that your main focus?
3: Uh, our main focus for 1916 is the volunteers. In 1917, mm-hmm. we've got kind of a mixture of regulars and of volunteers, but not into the footballers' battalion. So we kind of moved away from them. We've got some bits about Frank Lampard's ancestors. Uh, we've Jumper, got Jumper Harris's. Harris's ancestors, <laughs> um, including his 14-year-old grand father trying to get into the army um yeah. and he makes it into the army for about 10 days before someone looks at him and goes you're not 19 no <laughs> he's 14 yeah, yeah. and five foot two and promptly gets sent back to east london
2: are any of these um are, are any of these people conscripts or are they all volunteers
3: i think they, they had conscription
2: correct. by s- middle of 16 didn't they i think
3: Yeah, Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. the most part, ours have voluntarily gone Mm -hmm. to war. Um, We also, we have managed, we found one Chelsea player who um, objected and didn't serve. Um, We have a couple, we have one player serving in a shell factory and we have another one and we found details of his hearing where you could go and you could say, I don't want to serve because, and the reasons that this player gave uh, were economic, he said that he couldn't afford to go and serve and earn those wages and I think they said that he had to um work at least 30 hours a week in a war industry and he ended up working in munitions didn't he yeah so yeah we've got men I I think it's a really good cross-section of society we've got men that don't want to go particularly but do we've got men that just don't go we've got I mean there's rumors of one Chelsea player hiding in a chicken coop to get away from serving. Um, but can I just say by that point, was he not a West Ham player again by then?
4: It, it certainly sounds like he'd in so, yeah.
3: <laughs> um, So it's just a pretty really good cross-section. Yeah, we've got sort of enthusiastic volunteers, we've got regulars, we've got territorials who had retired and then wars declared and they're called back into the army. So, yeah, I think we're really pleased with the way it worked out in the end. It was a lot of hard work putting it into a coherent story. Probably the hardest thing I've ever done and like you say, sitting down with sort of, what would you say, about 5,000 pages of war diaries and trying so. to think- make a story?
0: Yeah. It, um, I mean, it, that's the thing that certainly you know, the, the little bits that I helped with was was just the, the cross-section of, of society. And, and it also just, like you say, looking at the records, you know, it, sort of dispelled the myth that they were all broad-chested tommies who were willing to go off and fight for, for king and country it, it simply wasn't the case
3: yeah. and also not the case that sort of everybody who's on a war memorial and everyone who's sort of a world war one casualty died on a field of battle gloriously charging the german trenches i mean we've got one poor chap that andrew's kind of adopted that dies at home in tooting and Syphilis-related illnesses.
4: Yeah, um, and that he li- he served. He was at Mons in August 1914, and he died October 1918.
3: He, it was he had a, he had an STD, and they gave him medicine that he was allergic to. So, 23 years old, he survived the whole thing, and then suddenly he's gone. So, yeah, so we had how's well,
2: your luck? Did you have records of any who survived and sort of got taken away by the big flu that that followed? Yes, the flu, by, the, by the time
3: yeah. the war started, he'd um gone to Newcastle United, but he was very popular when he was at Chelsea, and he was working, I think he was wounded, and then he was working uh, in a shell factory, or an armaments factory, and um, yeah, he was killed in the flu, or he died in the flu epidemic, so... I have to say,
4: looking at this, and having done, um, not books, but other first-of-war projects, actually, (coughs) not many people die in this book.
3: Hmm. Yeah,
4: considering the last last book
3: I wrote, I think everyone died... It was like Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, that was the Eaton book. But um, no, this this was definitely, I mean, we've got one chap with five kids who's in his mid-40s when he goes off to war and that. But we've definitely found that sort of there's a lot more to the First World War than people serving in frontline fighting battalions. In yeah. terms, there's a whole collection of Chelsea yeah. fans serving in the supply chains and things like that where you don't think about them and they don't get any glory but actually it was still pretty harrowing you weren't danger free and if you weren't there the other guys didn't eat, didn't get the equipment they needed and couldn't fire their rifles so mm. it was pretty damn important as well. I mean the actual
4: structure of the book as Donald you asked whether we concentrated on conscripts or volunteers but I mean mm. the actual structure of the book once we'd finished the several thousand hours worth of research and came up with stories that we wanted to include and what we didn't is that mm. The structure of the book: it starts at Mons in August 14, and then it ends just before the armistice in 1918. Nice so what we've it. done, what we've done, is almost go through and almost, almost in a chronological fashion, mm. tell the story of the First World War through major battles and offensives um, that these Chelsea fans, players, um, club relations served in. To be honest, so the idea is that if you pick up this book and read it from start to finish, you'll get a bit of an overview of the whole war, of the major battles. We're not picking people out in isolation per se. If they're in battles, they're lumped in together sort of thing.
1: I
3: mean, we really did as well. We rotate at the beginning of the book between the home front and covering what's going on at Stamford Bridge and at Chelsea and how the club's trying to survive. I mean, Chelsea was only 10 years old yeah. in the World War, so there's economic sort of trials. And, and we were better off than a lot of clubs, actually, in mm-hmm. terms of trying to keep our heads above water money-wise. Um but, yeah, we, we tried to give everybody... I think it's definitely a book more for football fans who might want to read about the war as opposed to a war historian who's interested yes, in football. Yeah. You mm-hmm. could pick it up and not know anything about the First World War and it would make sense. It's not going to confuse the hell out of you. Does, does,
2: any, does anything come out of it... Because um, one of the big things that came out of the war, apart from, obviously, the war and the terrible... Era, is the, the shocking state of health of the general working male population i mean that was one of the, the big things that came out of when they started to to get volunteers they had to reject a lot of people didn't they and and the conscription they kept having to force the I age think, up one because of the losses but two because you know and i think that was one of the things that kicked off better health better water better everything i think, no, think that you know,
4: we are, we don't particularly cover that angle mm. in particular but i mean you're right and uh, and some people some people volunteered because they're very poor and didn't have a regular income yeah. they volunteered mm. and then there's the stories of people like <coughs> growing a couple of inches in height and their chest measurement yes measures, yeah that's like, yeah, so yeah, interesting regular yeah. whole meals that they have
2: yeah <laughs> general exercise and doing did, stuff
3: yeah great grandfather he yeah. um he wouldn't have got in at the beginning of the war looking at his chest measurement and height measurement um he, he would have been anywhere near, but by 1917 he sort of dragged in against his will. So yeah. um, definitely is well with what we were saying about the father and son. That's, uh, the father had retired in 1912, yeah. and at the beginning of the war, no chance, but then suddenly he's an experienced NCO, and there's none left. They've all been wiped out at the beginning of the war, and you need as many as you can get. So at the age of nearly 50, he finds himself... In the trenches on the Somme. So, I mean, it's kind of reflected without us focus on, focusing on it. But yeah. as I said, it's like we've mm. got representation of sort of wider society running through the book. Um, yeah. but, but obviously, without. And
2: <laughs> the fact the press hates football. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Footballers being one of the main things. And I think which which has never changed. <laughs>
4: I'm sorry, one last point, Just on that. Yeah, go on. Point yeah. In that, you know, life as we know it now tended to be quite shit anyway. Hmm. You know, people died. The Geron brothers, who we briefly mentioned, their sister already died of TV by the time they joined up.
3: I mean, just looking at, when we looked through the footballer battalion, we started off, with 1,600 men and had to go through them to try and weed out the Chelsea contingent. And yeah, pretty much. I mean, there's comments. There's sort of, there's a there's a line on the attestation papers that says something along the lines of, is there anything wrong with them, but they'd still be okay for military service? And almost to a man, they've got bad teeth written in there. And mm. they've all got scars and they've all got, they've all had their sort of, Childhood illnesses and things like that, and the heights and the weights, and not what you'd expect today. So, yeah, I guess what you're saying about sort of a, a lower state of health is reflected in that. But whether we've managed to convey that massively, obviously, it wasn't our aim. But I think it has. Um, no,
2: these things come out just yeah. say in, in the way. Mm. But as I say, I I, people used to pay to have all their teeth taken out. It used to be a wedding present, didn't it? <laughs> 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 yes, true. No, teeth. Teeth yeah, Wellington
3: yeah. earlier, and I saw his teeth the other day. <laughs> <laughs> they had false teeth at Eton in a, an exhibition and we were talking to Charlotte who's the, the lady that put the exhibition together and she was telling us that when she took them out of the case they were still on the original sponge and they had bits of food on the sponge oh
2: my days oh dear lord so,
3: yeah. I think I'm you should put that on eBay I think
2: <laughs> on that note um,
0: <laughs> what we will do um, the most important thing Tell people when the book comes out and obviously where you, can, where you can get it is reasonably obvious. Obviously you go onto Amazon or wherever, but um when does it come out?
3: July the sixth, thereabouts. Excellent. It's on its way back from the printers very soon.
0: Grand. Well what um what would do, I will get um our, our esteemed technician Nick to um put the uh, put a, put the relevant links up on um on the website um, with, with mm-hmm. the podcast. And we've um, also
3: got a Twitter feed going for it as well, where we've been putting lots of Chelsea-related World War One stuff up as yes, well. Yes, yeah, I've seen that.
0: That's name, of, cool. yeah. name, name of Twitter feed, go ahead.
3: Uh, Chelsea FC WWE, I think, not the number one, but
0: I, so. Excellent. Well, I'll... get I'll get Nick to put that up as well. well
1: um, I, I've, I've retweeted it a few times as well, just to get, uh, get the news out there. Um, good man. On the fact that we, I tweeted the fact that we were going to be discussing this tonight, and therefore would make it a bumper super edition as opposed to just a normal super edition
0: <laughs> indeed yeah it's, 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 a, it's, it's, a, it's a podcast of two halves um i think what we will uh, what we'll aim to do i will i will talk you offline we will um i think in the in the new season just to uh, just to move things along we will um, we will aim to do a competition and i think you may be able to throw a signed copy in and we'll um we'll we'll have a question and um, get the listener to write in and um and, and win a copy um, and
3: certainly as well we're looking at having a book launch after one of the first home games of the season um, sort of open invites so we'll get details of that up as well if people want to come down and chat with us and get a copy signed
2: or some nonsense then we'll be there I've got, fi- I've got a feeling that
4: the unsigned ones are going to
2: be more valuable than the signed ones or if it's not signed if it can have a couple of Wellington's teeth with what he had for breakfast just jammed <laughs> in the pages I it? know That's yeah. a bonus um, you know
3: what as well they had his boots and his feet were really big but they had his jacket and his body was really small so now I just see a clown with horrible <laughs> false teeth
0: <laughs> um, this is- Both of you, thanks. Thank you for allowing me to take part. Obviously, I declared an interest. Um, It was fascinating to to help out on it, and um, we wish the book every success. It will be plugged mercilessly on here next season, without question. Um, Thanks both so much for coming on and talking about it, and also for talking about the general melee that was... um, It was last season. Um, I just need to throw in a quick public service announcement to keep Nick happy. Um, If you liked this nonsense and your masochistic tendencies make you want to hear more of it, um, you can browse our extensive back catalogue at www.poddingshed.com. If there's anything you want to hear us talk about or if you have any questions... Anything, let us know via that website or get in touch via Twitter on at the podding shed or our own personal Twitter accounts. Um, If you download the podcast via iTunes, we would be absolutely delighted if you gave us a nice rating because it does wonderful technical things to do with charts and algorithms that I don't particularly understand. Um, Thanks, um, as always, to um, Donald and Tony and obviously Mark, who is absent at the moment, for uh, their sterling service throughout the season. Um, We are. uh, I, I will add on, on, a, on a sort of a touchy feeling. note, we are still delighted that people actually tune in and listen to, for all intents and purposes, is basically four blokes rambling on a load of old shite about football. So <laughs> the fact that you actually take the time to download it and listen is wonderful stuff. Um, thank you to everyone that's appeared as a guest. Um, that's primarily Clayton this season, um, the, the super sub that is Clayton Beerman, um, and anyone else. We will endeavour to get more guests on, because I think it livens up proceedings. Um, I think that probably rounds us off. Um, I've just got one one last thing to say. Go ahead.
2: To apologise because obviously I crashed in the Arnberg Forest earlier on. (laughs) Um, As I'm recording this, I'm I'm gazing over at our pet hamster in the corner and it's just occurred to me that that hamster, when he looks, he doesn't realise what happens with a league table. He, He notices that further down the league, people seem to go up and down, up and down, up and down. But he has no understanding of why, in his short life, there's only ever been one team at the top of the table, the Chelsea Football Club. As long as he's only... We got him in October and he'd been in September. So he's never known anything other than Chelsea to be at the top of the Premier League.
3: Do you we, know what, before you finish that, when you were saying he has no idea why people go up and out, it sounded like you were talking about Brendan Rodgers.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> and, al- and also, I think how fast his little heart's going to be if we do eventually drop off the top.
2: I won't let you <laughs> say yeah. it, you? I, I'll keep that from him.
0: Turn the cage away, in which case. Yes. Um, <laughs> so thank you to everyone for this evening um, yeah we're going to bugger off and, uh, and have some time off over the summer and um, listen the fixture list comes out in a couple of weeks we can all start thinking about football again <laughs> that, that will be good um, that's it um, in which case um, we will so- suggest that we keep the blue flag flying high throughout the summer and um, we will be- see you again next season good night good night
1: good night, good night. Good night.